0: It's so easy after a bad day to find the five bad things. Yeah. Well, after a good day or a solid day, find the five good things.
1: And welcome back. Welcome aboard the train. I'm one of your co-hosts, Evan Singer. We got Matt Sermac with me.
0: What's up, Ev? It's good to be back. We're buzzing.
1: We're buzzing, a lot of good stuff coming, a lot of stuff to unpack here. But first, in case you guys are new, or if this is your 250-plus ride on the train, welcome aboard. If your golf game's off the rails, sick of riding that struggle bus, you know you come to the right place. We help frustrated golfers enjoy the ride again, because if you can learn to smile through bad golf, you can smile through anything. We unpack the mental game with anyone from PJ Tour Pro to a golfer like you and me. Okay, Today, I think it's a perfect example of that. We're going to unpack one of the best rounds I've had in over two years. And there's a lot to unpack, a lot of things I did differently than I've done in the past, and a lot of things that you can apply to your game. But first, before we get to that, first, we got to thank our friends at Rollback Active where I'm wearing the performance tee right now. You're wearing the polo. Oh yeah. And, uh, sir, you're telling me it's getting pretty hot in Chicago right now. Real hot. Stick. You got to have a reserve of go-to polos in the hot summers. Don't you?
0: hundred percent. Definitely going to get a few more here in a couple of weeks. have. I feel like I'm just going through them,
1: <laughs> but
0: there's such go-tos for me. Like yesterday I had one of the prints on three, one, two, you know, my classic for 4th of July. Yeah. I had
1: the, uh, American, one of the new American polls, I forget the name of it, go on their site. They have like Abe Lincoln's head on it. They got George Washington. They got Thomas Jefferson. They got flags <laughs> on it. Actually let's talk about that for a second, sir, because that those are the things that I love the most about the prints from afar, yeah it kind of blends together. It looks like kind of just a white, white and blue, red type shirt. Once you get up close, you start to appreciate the detail, which I think is a cool thing because you can wear it in so many different scenarios.
0: Totally. So, I mean, I think it's the perfect blend, guys. I mean, and you can wear both polos for the course and for not on the course. So the prints go well on the course. Obviously, the prints are kind of fun for different events, but different golf outings, different scrambles. Like, that's yeah. the thing too. So load up on the polos, especially it's getting hot sticky in the Midwest here. So,
1: so go to rowback.com enter the code train, get 15% off, hop aboard that rowback train guys. Everyone's loving it. I don't know anyone that's gotten a piece of rowback gear and not gotten a second one. That's the ultimate the best, you know, stamp of approval. So thanks to our friends at Roback. Thank you guys for hopping aboard the rowback train, but more importantly, sir, should we just dive in? We're diving in. I did a I little mean, bit of a post on Instagram. I really sat down. You know, I like to dig deep, sir. I sat down and I said, what did I do today?
0: You reflected. You reflected.
1: How important is that from our guests, the sports psychologists, the top players, they all reflect. Jared Steger was talking a lot about that. Yeah. So I I really sat down. I went to a coffee shop on Saturday of a holiday weekend with my computer and I put together five keys. Yeah. And the first one, I've never talked. I've never thought about it before. I think it's a. Kind of a unique strategy that nobody's talked about.
0: Yeah, let me cue this up for yeah. you guys. So, guys, this episode, we're, we're digging into Evan's one-over round of golf this past week. Just an awesome day for Ev. Just a lot of light bulb moments, really. And so we're covering these. So let's jump into number one. Yeah. Okay, Ev. This is interesting. I, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going to enjoy this. I don't know you if someone's said...
1: fully bought into this one. We might have to debate this. Keep going. Well,
0: I, we've touched a little bit on this. In the past, I think we talked about it in Arizona a little bit too. So you said one of your, your key number one, I was invested more, my playing partners than my own game. And I'll say one more thing. you, you mentioned, I call it the parent mentality. So tell us about that and why that was successful for you.
1: I should caveat for those local in Southern California. This was an executive course, right? So this was an 18 hole course, a lot of par threes, some short holes, but I hit 16 greens in regulation and I shot one over two birdies. So I rode the par train, maybe the longest ride on the par train I've had in a long time. And, you know, I've struggled with my game with many things we've talked about on the show. We're going to talk about more of it. There's some exciting announcements I'll have on that soon because I want to help you guys as I learn about my own struggles, right? Yep. Dr. Bob Winters called it me search, right? Not research. I have the same, I share the same token, same strategy. So obviously everything we do in the show to so we can get better and hopefully exactly. help others do the same. So just a quick caveat, but still amazing day for me. Like it was truly, I was like, wow, this is what I've been missing. Like I, I'm really feeling Like I'm in a rhythm, I'm hitting greens, I'm thinking about things the right way, I'm feeling good over the golf ball, which I haven't felt in a long time. Sure. And so let me talk about what I called the parent mentality. So I went into the day and it was Tara and I playing on July 3rd and we got out early. Cause so I was going to do some work after kind of one of those weird fringe days, right? Some people are off. Some people aren't. Yep. I thought the course was going to be packed and it wasn't hardly anybody there. Which so it, was kind
0: of a, was, it was a spur of the moment round.
1: Yeah. Spur of the moment. And we got matched up with two random guys, great guys, more beginner level guys. Sure. And that had a real interesting effect on me without trying to, I realized, and we've talked about this before of, Do you play better with people that are better than you, or do you play better with people that are worse than you? And I used to be kind of embarrassed or felt some shame around that I played better with people that weren't as good as me, because I think that got me to a more confident spot. I had more belief in what I was doing, whereas when I'm playing with scratch or better, I tend to, in the past, default to more more doubt, more self-doubt, not as much self-belief, constant comparison. I'm not playing as well as they are. And then you don't stay as offensive. It's easier to get tentative in that world historically for me. You so just don't
0: stay as, you just don't stay as focused. Yeah. You're just not centered. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so I went into this round and I realized I was really, really invested in them. Like, and I'm not saying I was that guy that was offering advice unwarranted. It eventually got to the point where they were asking me a couple things, but I was like really invested. In their game, I tried to compliment not just their good results, which comes without, you know, that's a given. I'm going to compliment a good shot, but I was really focused on complementing their non result based stuff. So I complimented their rhythm, I complimented their tempo, I complimented their stroke on the greens, I complimented a good leave you know, in a spot that maybe wasn't the result they wanted, but actually that's the best spot to leave it on this hole. And I just felt really calm. I felt grateful to be out there. And I thought, you know, after the round, I realized like that's really how a parent would be. Like if you're playing with your kids, how would you observe their round? You're probably picking out all of the good moments Right. You're probably really encouraging. You're probably just really excited to see them do anything good. Yep. Right. You're probably excited to see them try. And I was really more into them than I was with my own game. Sure. I wasn't sure what to call it parent mentality or coach mentality. I think because I am a coach inherently in who I am, I think it was very similar to a coach mentality too. But I think more people can relate to a parent mentality. So you can think about it however you want, but that was really powerful to me. I think, you know, I can't remember if I, did I tell the story about Disneyland on the show? You did, yeah. I think it's kind of a similar aha moment there of like when you are there to protect and be there for someone else, it's actually an incredible tool to get out of your own way and get out of your own ego, get out of your own anxiety and you just—it really helps you, just kind of go through the motions, but in a good way, right? You don't yeah. have as much attachment in what you're doing. You're so invested in what they're doing. It's really interesting. Yeah. Really, yeah, I think, it's,
0: yeah, cool I think thing. it's no interesting is definitely the right word. I, I'm taking, I'm taking away two things here from you, and we and tell me what you think. I think the first thing is like that's just the way to be, right? I think sometimes when you're playing with beginner players. That could frustrate you, not you, just you, anybody, right? And then, you know, so like the better players frustrated by the beginner players. And then the beginner players playing with the better players, they might get frustrated with them. So it's really just, you're out playing golf, 4th of July week. You don't know who you're going to get paired with. You're just grateful to be there. Nice guys. What is there to get mad about? What is there going to anxious about? That's a good way to be because sometimes we we sometimes can be set off by the people we're playing when they're really not doing anything wrong. So I like that, Ev. And then the second part, I think this is a little more into the mental game here. To me, this kind of helped create a balance for you out there and maybe a little healthy distraction for you. So, you know, in between shots, right? When it's not your time to play, you know what's going on in the group. And you're involved and you're having fun and you're-
1: That's a great point.
0: Helping along. And I think that kind of, like we talk about, you can't focus all day on your swing and your every shot you hit. And we sometimes do that. And it just how, mentally compounds you also when you're, that's when you're playing bad, when you're playing good, like you were, that can be, you can't be, you gotta try to think as less right. as possible about right. the six pars I made in a row, you know? And yeah, I get a balance there. And, and, and uh, what do you think?
1: That's a great point. Cause how many of us are either thinking about the last shot we hit thinking about the shot we're about to hit, in between shots or thinking about our swing, thinking about that old miss that I thought was gone. Right. I mean, that's, that's a lot of rumination going on leading into a shot where I think that's a great point. It's a great tool for everyone. If this sounds like it's not for you, maybe think about it as a distraction tool or instead of distraction, maybe even a focus refocus tool in between shots to like, Can you challenge yourself to actually know where everybody is on the whole? Because isn't it cool, Serm, when someone makes a putt, you go great par or great bogey save, where it's like it almost elevates you in their mind that you are focused enough on what they're doing. It's a very thoughtful thing where you remember their name and you say, hey, nice par, nice bogey save. I think that means a lot to people.
0: Yeah. And those are the fun days that are had, right? within the group and the camaraderie and, you know, people sense that with each other. And those are the days, Hey, you know, here's my number, here's my email or let's play again. So yeah. I think I'm, that a really healthy balanced mindset was, you know, maybe, you know, enhanced because of that we'll call it the parent mentality. So, yeah. I, you know, and let's
1: something else I want to say, one of the guys was really new. Yeah. And the first hole at Westchester is an 80 yard yard par three. What a way to start. Sure. Right. Tara stuck hers to like 20 feet. I stuck mine to like 15 feet. The guys went before us and kind of chunked it or, you know, whatever. And so right off the bat, the newer golfer apologizing, Hey, don't worry. We're going to, I'm not going to slow you down. He was rushing through his chips yeah. to get out of the way, chunked a few in a row, and I just, I had so much empathy. It was like, cause again, the parent mentality, if you're, and use this as like an exercise and a test an experiment, if they were your kids, you got to have so much empathy and understanding and love for that. Right. And I see this a lot. And I don't know if we talk about this enough is golf has this, and I felt it, you know, as someone who's played 18 years. And you played your whole life. I felt it. But it is a shame how golf has this unwritten pressure to it for newer people. He's out there. He's putting himself on the line. He's His ego is going to get beat down that day. Yep. But he's out there. And it's the only way to get better. And I can't describe to you the level of apo- – a like, I'm not kidding. Amazing guy within the first five holes, I bet you he apologized 15 times, three times a hole, at least, Yeah, you know, self-deprecating stuff. And, and I've realized like, that's the game, you know, like it's a hard game. You got to start somewhere.
0: Everybody's got to go through that stage, unfortunately, because it's just, you know, it's initial reactions, but
1: But maybe because he was going through that, I felt even more so like I'm here for this guy.
0: Right. I want to I want to make sure he's
1: as comfortable as possible. I was talking to him about the stuff that I liked in his swing. Oh, that one had really great rhythm.
0: That's part of the pay it forward and golf. You know what I mean? We're all got to be and you got to be mindful of it, that this is this is a day that. You know, you gotta be there for this guy a little bit. So I love yeah. that. And I think that's a that's a great takeaway because I'm playing tomorrow with one of my coworkers, but we're gonna get paired up with two guys or two women and it could be similar. So yeah. it's important to well know that.
1: You know? Len, now before we go to number two, let me clarify because some people might be wondering, well, what happens if I'm playing with guys better than me or gals better than me? Right. And I think inherently on the surface could be tougher, right? But I think there's ways to do it. I think there's ways to still be really invested in what they're doing. Compliment, not just their good shots, but compliment stuff you see in their game. Ask them questions. Ask them, oh, yeah. hey, what were you thinking on that shot? How do you think about playing this hole? Really treat it. I, I've started to tell myself, like, when I play with people, what if I use it as an opportunity to learn things for our show? Right. Which puts me into interviewer mode, host mode, which gets me out of what I'm doing in a good way.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. And so, and also I think even if they're not a beginner golfer and they're much better than you, I'm talking to a 15 handicap right now. And let's say you're playing with a scratch, former college player, right? It might be hard to have a quote parent mentality, but I bet you, you can trick yourself into it. I bet you can tell yourself kind of like people say. If you're speaking in a public setting, imagine everyone's naked in the room, right. right? It's just a little bit of a trick to let yourself breathe a little bit, to take something a little less seriously. I think you can do that same thing with the act as if they're your kid,
0: yeah. And you know?
1: think about how would you treat them if you were their parent,
0: yeah. It might it might surprise, might surprise you. Yeah. Give it a shot. Yeah. It's work for it's work for you, yeah. So. I love it. That's good. Kind of a non-traditional thinking there. That's all part of this. So yeah. Uh, number one. Okay. Number two, Ev, I mean, this is kind of classic, but we're going to hear it from you. You said I wasn't in my swing.
1: Yeah. Now I can't wait to break this down. Right. Because we,
0: we've heard this. Yeah. have heard this. Now I did
1: this a little bit differently. So a lot of people might, because I remember hearing this from our guests years ago. And I remember always thinking, yeah, but, Easy for you to say, right? How could I not think of anything? You condition yourself. I played the game for 18 years. Conditioned myself every week of those 18 years thinking about something in my swing. Every day, every hour sometimes, right? So how can I think of nothing? Well, I've been really starting to reflect and curious about not just rounds, but shots. What, What did I like? In that shot that I hit it solid. I don't care where it went, but I hit it solid. I've had such bad ball striking for so long. You just want to get back to some solid strikes again, right? And I realized on the strikes that I would play well, even the rounds where I was struggling mightily, I had a continuous flowy motion. There was no get to the top and feel like you pause and then you start the downswing. It's one motion. I get it here and I flow through, Sure. right? And so I still w- had a swing thought. I still was getting my swing a little bit more vertical, but I was feeling like I was letting it go through the motion. Like I was letting the club almost let go out of my hands through impact. So for me, as long as I kept the continuous motion and I kind of let go through impact, that was a really good sensory feel right. It wasn't positional, but what I liked about it was it was repeatable. You know, even when I felt under pressure and you'd be like, how can you feel pressure on around an executive course with your wife and two random people on before a holiday, but you do because you walk into a shot that you're not comfortable with. You walk into a tee shot where historically you've blocked it way, right. Or snap hooked it left. And those things come back. So, my ability to just reset and really focus obsessively on a good feel that was more driven on lightness, but finishing the swing that's a continuous motion. I don't know if this is making any sense, but that was kind of my feel for the day. Is it safe to say? But I wasn't obsessed with my swing, how it looked.
0: This round, you finally got away from. How it looks and positions.
1: And yeah, I mean, Tara took a video of me front on, and I was like, Oh, the way I cast it. But I was like, Nope, nope.
0: I hit 16. So she took a video. She took a, you watched a video of your swing mid round after the round. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. That's better. And I remember, no, but here's the crazy thing I literally, this is how crazy this game is. I literally almost thought. Oh, I got to like think, but then I'm
0: like, what I guess it's 16 greens, right? You were ready to like, mm, boy, a lot to work on
1: because isn't it easy after you do well to say, oh, I can start to do this now. But I'm like, F that I'm not going down that path. I have a feel that I feel is repeatable. It's good when I feel the stress and under pressure, it's focused on tempo well, and letting important. my body do the work. Yep. And having like continuous flow, nothing herky-jerky, nothing quick. And that's kind of how I used to play. So I kind of found an old feel, but in a new way. And I was like, you know what? I like this. I'm going to go with it. And that's what
0: I did. Well, it's good to hear. I mean, I know this is something you battled and like to say, I'm just going to trust.
1: Yeah, there was trust. There was a lot trust of trust in what it. I'm-
0: for us, what I'm doing, I'm keeping it simple. I'm not falling into the trap of positions, especially on the golf course. Yeah. We're thinking, you know, okay, you know, I make a bad swing. I've got to, you know, I got to get into a new position. So this is a big, this is big for you. I mean, well, what we talked about not, on the phone, you're able to sustain it all around. You know, I think yeah. sometimes you've had some nines, but like that's, that's huge.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure I rode the par train maybe for a full nine, like not, not front nine, back nine, but within the round, I think I made nine pars in a row, at least
0: as you know, Um, as Harry said, Deloitte and down and Dumber, that's a a special feeling. (laughs) One of the
1: guys we started talking about what we did and I told him about the show. And later on the round, he's like, you're living it right now. And I go, I know it's been a while. I've been riding the wrong train for a while. It feels good. (laughs) But I will say this, sir. I told you on the phone before the show, it feels like I'm swinging it. it. doesn't feel like I'm trying to hit or manipulate anything. And well, I think if anyone's struggling with their game, this feel of kind of letting it go through the zone, again, who knows if it'll work for you, but it's a cool feeling because it's easy to replicate.
0: Well, I think this, this is the segue into your number three key because you're already kind of alluding to it, right? Yeah. Number three... Is tempo down yeah right and you're kind of getting there you know letting the club pass through the zone light this all kind of gets back to tempo yeah I think you know and I really am interested to hear more on that more on this how you were able to feel like I can think about tempo I can maintain it but at the same time I still have a plan I still have a target because I think there's different ways to kind of get to good tempo I think we had some good conversation on Instagram the other day but tell us, tell the listeners, what te- what what good tempo means to you, what it feels like, and you know how this is going to carry over into future rounds. Because, like you said to me earlier today, like you know, I know there's going to be bad rounds, golf cyclical. But do you feel like now there's something in your tempo you can lean on that you've discovered that you know um, is always going to be there for you in a positive way?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. I think. I was very reflective within shot to shot. And I did realize there was a couple moments that I was starting to get more confident, right? Starting to get into a groove, starting to get genuinely excited because I'm like, this is what I'm talking about. Like, this Mm is, I haven't felt this in a long time. I knew this was in here, you know, so I'm starting to get excited. The minute I get away from it, this is how crazy and fickle this game can be but you have to be reflective to notice it is I got away from it. And I tried to rip one a little bit harder than I was. Cause by the way, tempo takes some discipline because mm. once you yep. start feeling a little bit more confident, you want to take a little bit less club and hit it longer. It takes discipline to take a little bit more club and stick to your, your plan of swinging easy, letting go of the club through the zone. So
0: let's, let's get into this first. So tempo you at at this day at westchester was smooth maybe taking an extra club more times than not like that was it it was creating kind of a smoother um sacrificing yardage a little bit but this is the rhythm you were getting it just want to make sure we're clear for the listener yeah because because let me different other people because some people like to you know swing harder that
1: Right. To feel, so well, I struggle with that too because you know I play yeah. better when I swing aggressively.
0: But aggressive um, doesn't mean. But aggressive
1: doesn't mean without tempo, doesn't right. mean quick. Right. Can be a um, lot so it kind of goes on the first thing I said, which is feeling like it's a continuous motion. So I used to think of it as like I used to get into trouble where I'd, I'd think of light hands at the top, but then my backswing would feel very separate. It would almost feel like backswing. Light at the top, rip at the bottom. Like all these
0: checkpoints.
1: Yes, exactly. And that day, it felt like one motion, which to me can translate to tempo. Yeah. And by the way, that can really help a lot of potentially yippy stuff. And we don't even necessarily need to call it yippy, but preventative stuff. Sure. So we've all had a bad miss. And it's easy at the top to not want to have that miss again, which means you manipulate at the bottom. But for me, I had a real aha moment. If I felt like my swing was a continuous motion, even when I felt like I almost did it, I had a good result Yeah, because I was relying on a swing. I was focusing on a sensory feel that was light. That was I was going through the zone. I was leveraging my body. Um, And to your point, if I was in between clubs, we're well, not in between clubs, but Actually, let me say it this way. I used to hit my irons longer than I do right now, right? And so sure. it's taken some commitment to say, okay, my nine used, my stock nine used to be 150. And I told myself as I'm going through these rounds, I'm like, it can be confusing and tough. Like, well, this used to be my nine, but I'm not hitting as far, but there's a little wind and there's a little elevation change. What do I hit? So now I've realized, all right, just take 10 yards off your old, Iron yardages, so now my nine is 140. And I'll tell you, the ego doesn't love that. The ego doesn't like to hit a 140 yard nine iron when you used to hit 150. Or if someone else is hitting a club and you used to be three irons longer than them, and now you're two. It's easy to get into that stuff. This is the stuff that gets to you. Yeah, but I just (laughs) kept telling myself. None of that matters. <laughs> Just like how you get into your putting stroke, but it's like, hey, does anybody care or do people compliment you when I bury a putt? So I'm going to keep burying putts, and I'm not going to care about how inside or loopy the stroke looks. Correct. Let's focus. And putting's very similar—a continuous swing, right? Well, the, the, the rhythm the we swing.
0: like for putting is whoop whoop. Right. And you you take that to your full swing. Right.
1: So very right. similar concept. Tempo We're about that today, with me and Pat. Oh. Yeah. So for me, it's a continuous swing. It's not rushing the downswing. It's letting it happen. So patience. I'd say continuous swing, patience at the top, and trusting yardages to take a little bit more club. I think is what tempo town translated to me.
0: Yeah. Well, what I what I would say on that uh, when you're in your when you're in the position mindset you're creating checkpoints right yeah. and then you have that then you have that swing that's not rhythmical you think it's in three parts but that's because of the mindset that you've created you've gotten out of that mindset yeah that's a big difference that's yeah. the big difference it's just a direct cause and effect
1: it's interesting too cuz we've never really defined tempo town to be other than just swinging easier but it's there it, tempo yeah, town is has yeah. some intricacies to it absolutely So before we get to number four, we got to tell people about this big announcement. We've got an amazing giveaway you guys are going to love and an announcement of a new partner, which I'm very excited about. Wisconsin-based milled putter company that I'm going to tell you is doing something really special. Okay, so Meridian Putters is a one-piece milling technology, which is essentially what Bettinardi does. So they start with a block of steel and they just cut away. To get your putter, it starts with a block of steel, boom, one piece of steel. No casting, no gluing this on, no plastic. This is stainless steel, one piece, as pure as it gets. Now, Ryan, the founder, I went to go visit their plant, their warehouse in Wisconsin.
0: Before I went out to
1: Sand Valley, Midwest guy, back to his roots. I was really blown away by what Ryan's doing, because basically to give you a little bit of context, Ryan used to have this company where they, with all this amazing milling technology, and he used to be in aerospace parts. So he literally was using these machines for rocket parts and these small pieces that they could only basically engineer. These machines can run on their own overnight. So no other putter company has machines like this. So let me tell you the shocking thing you can get a custom one piece milled putter and we're getting a couple customs we'll tell people about that in a second for 250
0: bucks well that's the game changer
1: i was joking with ryan ryan's like people don't believe me that it's one piece milled just like a betonardi top of the line best putter quality pure you can get but he can do it because of the technology that he has in these basically robot driven machines yep and so he's able to get you a putter that will cost you five or $600 for 250. And what are we getting on our putters? I got a copper face. I got the part train logo put on the bottom. I got enjoy the ride, put on there and coordinates. Yeah. Right.
0: I think I went so with you, the oil can, right? I mean, I, I went can't, with
1: oil can. I went with stainless steel.
0: Can't wait to see these. This,
1: and you got this. the coordinates of the university club in Chicago, which is where you're going to get married, where you met your fiance, Shannon. And I put the old course of St. Andrew's coordinates because it's my favorite place in the world. Special. So these types of things, we're going to put it to the tests. Okay. We're going to get them, I think, next week. But I think what's cool is when you fall in love with your putter, something changes. I think it helps the confidence. You get excited to use it. And it helps you just go up there and roll them in. Right. So here's the giveaway. They're doing this only for par train listeners. So again, to really showcase what Meridian can do from a customization standpoint, they are going to mill 10 putters focused on Royal Liverpool golf club for open championship week. Okay. How good is that? It's coming out <laughs> this week. This is my favorite this major. Week.
0: Some say your favorite major. Yeah. Yeah. Going to, you're going overseas. They're going to
1: create, they're going to have the, the coordinates of Royal Liverpool golf club at Hoy Lake. And they're going to have little touches, maybe some blue, maybe some gold. You'll see them. And we're going to give away five of them. We're going to give away five brand new milled putters, 250 bucks a piece. But really, these things are the value of like five or $600. We're giving away five lucky winners for this. Okay? All the details will be on our Instagram page at the par this week. So make sure you keep your eyes peeled on that. But here's the other cool thing. You can go to meridianputters.com, use the code TRAIN, And you can buy them if you don't win one. So if you really are like, I got to have one of these putters, they're going to have like five extra just for us.
0: We've got options for you guys.
1: And you can use the code train and get 25% off. Get one of those, or you can customize one of your own. So meridianputters.com and to the code train, check our Instagram at the Par train for more details this week. But we're so excited to partner with
0: Meridian. Absolutely the coolest, coolest, coolest
1: putters for everyone we've ever done. Okay. Okay. What are we on? Number four.
0: We're on number four, Evan. We were kind of alluding to this in number three, but there's a couple things here. So, okay. So, Evan's fourth key of the day was: if I was in between clubs, I'd hit to the middle of the greens. And <laughs> you made a joke. You can't remember the last time you'd hit this many greens because I think you said you hit 16 greens. Yeah. So, Ev, dive into this. Dive in. you were kind of you're already getting into it um, about decision-making in between clubs yeah but talk about also the middle of the green and this is something we've heard the best players in the world talk about all the time and it's what clicked here because you know even when you know i'd say let's say you weren't in a situation where you're in between clubs middle of the green is also still really good i am sure there were just a lot of just a lot of that even when you had the right club talk so talk about this this really freeing mindset that helped you just hit awesome iron shots all day.
1: Yeah, so I thought about this even a little differently than I have in the past cuz we've all talked about what if I f- I forget who told us this, but someone said, I think it was Wells Adams actually from the bachelor, said in high school golf, he and I think he's a 2 handicap, his coach removed the pins one day. Yep. And they all shot great scores. Right. And I think we've talked about this. What would happen if I shot to the middle of the green? But an interesting thing happens when you do that. Sometimes it can feel like silly. Sometimes it can feel like, well, I have a great club to the back of the green. I know this yardage isn't going to go long. Why wouldn't I go to the back portion of the green here? Right. And I thought about that day a little bit differently. Let's say I had a back pin. I'll give you a perfect example, actually. I had a back pin that I think was 165. And that used to be my old eight iron, okay? So I was like, well, I could hit the seven because I'm about a club shorter. But then I was like, but I know the seven, if I really catch it, if the, if the seven prior was 180, The good seven might be 170. This flag's 165. Could go 165. I could try and take some off. But I caught myself in that moment and I said, or I could rip my eight iron, which is now probably a 150, 155, 160 club if I really get it.
0: Let's say one. So it's a 155 shot. That's kind of your, yeah.
1: But if I really get it, maybe would go closer to my old yardage, which is 160. The flag's 165. So I'm like, worst case scenario, I don't hit it good. I'm probably on the front middle of the green. Yeah. If I hit it really, really good, I'm going to be pretty close. And I think that's what you're looking for in club selection. Yes. Right? That's not to say you're always going to have that because there are in-betweeners. But I think what I did was I leveraged the scenario and if I didn't have the perfect number or I knew even if I hit it perfect right. I'm going to go I'm going to be good like the, the I think the takeaway is the perfect shot should be good but if yeah. there's any doubt on that you take one less in this case with it being a back flag and I aimed more to the middle and right. I was on the front part of the green and the ironic thing is I burned the edge on that 25 footer. Yeah. I almost made it, which is what you hear all the pros say. Sometimes you'll make them and for I sure. had a tap in par.
0: Yeah. The two takeaways there for me, I think it's really good. That's a, I think that's a breakthrough. That could be, you know, part of the breakthrough series, <laughs> but knowing your game that day. Yeah. Right. Knowing your tendencies, be able to react to them. And then, you know, being under the hole. You know we've talked about how how yeah. a death spiral of being long, right? Especially oh. hitting solid iron shots when you think they're on it and they go long, right? That turns in that could be a double in an instant. So yeah, that's a level of discipline, Ev. And I think that's that's big for that's big for our for our listeners. The center of the green, no matter what, is going to be your friend. Now, yeah. Ev, I want to ask you this because I think I want to understand how you picked out your targets for the center of the green because. For me, I don't aim it somewhere on the green, you know, and I aim yeah. for me, I always pick, you know, a tree branch behind the green or a bunker edge and, you know, play it off that whether I'm hitting a cut or draw or whatever, but everybody's different. But talk about how you, you worked in zoning on your target for that. Sh- Let's use that shot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I use the side of a bunker. So there's bunkers on the right of this green, nothing on the left. It's just, you know rough and so I was peeling it off the right edges of the bunker with a little draw because my irons are still drawing and I'm embracing that where I'm learning to hit more cuts with my woods but yeah and I hit good. it good and it was in the middle middle of the green
0: yeah it drew a little that- bit in
1: the middle of the green now one real quick I remember I used to hear people say I, I remember I used to get frustrated When people would talk about the game in a way that it was just, you just got to pick better yardages, but I was hitting the ball so poorly that it's like the yardages are the least of my worries right now. Like that's assuming I hit it straight. I was hitting it left, right. So inconsistent off the club, I'm losing 30 yards. Right. So it's funny how these four things so far are blending, working off of each other. Right. My riding tempo town, my having a sensory feel was allowing me to hit the ball more solid, which was giving me more consistent distance control. Yet I was still picking good targets to have good results. You see how they all have to work
0: together. Right. And I, you know, and I just, this is the strategy that good, really good players use for their iron play, because it's like, where do I need to be? I need to be under the hole somewhere, Right. Right. And if I hit the, you know, if I make the great swing, I'm 10 feet. I make the okay swing. I'm 25 feet. You made the right. And that's playing golf. And like, we know that 25 feet all day is pretty good. (laughs) And then you're going to get those shots when you're in that rhythm and you're really focusing on yardage and playing the game. You're going to hit those shots to 10 and eight and six feet too. And also, I will say. This is huge for you, F, because being in Arizona, you're not thinking like this. No. You know, so this is like a, a shift in mindset and routine, and I think that's that's great.
1: Well, it's funny how it's harder to think like this when you're in damage control. Everything yeah. goes faster. Yep. You're trying. It's so easy to get in your swing.
0: Or as you said, sometimes you, you hit a good drive then you're so excited to hit an iron. Yes, drive, and then you get you don't yes. even think.
1: That's a great yeah. point. The excitement after hitting a good one is almost just as bad as the damage control and fixing a bad one because you're so wrapped up in what just happened.
0: Like, oh man, I want to just hit this and try to make birdie. And then wait a minute, I didn't even realize what's actually in yeah. front of me, you know?
1: Yeah. So like, and this so, is a
0: totally different, this is a totally different Evan.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I think I'll say this too, for people that are like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Like, I'm not going to, how boring is that? I'm just going to aim at the middle of the green. Every, uh, Let me tell you what's not boring.
0: Most people don't want to get better.
1: Let me tell you what's (laughs) not boring, sir, because it's the first time I've experienced it in a very long time. What's (laughs) not boring is when everyone else is kind of working to get on the green, you pull the card up and you take your putter out and you wait for people.
0: If you you had had a caddy that day, you'd be walking with the putter a lot. (laughs) I'd be walking with the
1: putter all day. Do you know how fun it was? To just how and and by the way, how easy it was to get into a rhythm when you're just hitting greens, right? Now it's, again, it's, not the hardest the course dive. in the world, but
0: still got to do it, it. Doesn't matter. <laughs> still
1: got to hit a green.
0: <laughs> still got to hit a green. I'm sure they weren't the biggest greens in the world, being a executive course, yeah, so they're you're smaller. Right. You know, like you you still got to go hit solid golf shots.
1: You know, yeah, it was, yeah, it and so I will say that for anyone feeling that way, I would challenge you to try it out. Because it is, see if, wouldn't that be a fun goal to say, I'm going to try and hit 10 greens today, or I'm going to try and hit 12 greens. How would you change your approach? Yeah. Right. All the good players say work backwards. I'm not there yet of thinking about pin placements and how that dictates my strategy for the, the whole, that still kind of blows my mind, but working backwards in a way of trying to do everything in the game to hit more greens
0: yeah. We all know the, that
1: is the one key to lower scores is more greens.
0: Yeah. You know, it's funny. We always talk about the old quote here. The trees are full of heroes. It's yeah, they are. But the true, but the fairways can be full of heroes too, because that minute you're in position a, the feeling of wanting to press, wanting to go with the pin, Right. And it's not the answer. The other thing, <laughs> it's just not the answer. It's just not how the best players play.
1: Yeah. Quick tangent too is
0: oh the quick tangent,
1: quick tangent. I didn't have to do this in this round, but the round before I played a few days before that I did. And I made a big mistake. Just a quick reminder. When you do hit it in the trees, it's fun to be the hero, but trying to play bogey out of the trees totally changed my mindset. Cause I used to get excited about getting in the trees to combat the negativity. And the, the judgment, self-judgment I had for always being in the trees. So I would be like, oh, I'm good out of the trees because right. I was, and I am. But I'd try to like roll one up on the green. And trying to play bogey, you'll still probably have a look at par.
0: Right. But it's, it's but you're, you're, it, it enables you to be smarter. Mindset.
1: A whole mindset shifts to say, what shot should I play here to give myself a good shot at bogey? And then I I, I wouldn't secure, punch a 4-iron too far, which, by the way, I punched a 4-iron too far behind another tree, had to lay up over that tree, and I made oh, triple.
0: Yeah, there you
1: go. But you got gr- too greedy to begin. I with. got greedy because I wanted to be a hero. So that's a good tangent for people. If you inject these five things in your game, we'll get to the fifth in a second, and you manage expectations mid-shot. I talked to one of my players th- about this today before his member guest. Make bogey. Never gonna, bogey's never gonna hurt you. I thought I shot way higher because of, but I made a ton of bogeys. And we texted in the round before this good one. I said, I only had one double when historically all year I would have two to three, if not four doubles. Right. Having a ton of bogeys, I didn't play well. I still shot an 82. Yeah. But you managed your game. Yeah.
0: Managed the damage. Yeah. Amazing. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So number five, we've heard this before too, especially in this game. You said your fifth key was zero expectations. Yeah. Tell listeners was, do you mean when you say zero expectations going into this golf round, I had zero expectations. Is that what you mean? Correct. I'm not concerned about the score. I'm not concerned about my swing. I'm not concerned about like just less concerns about, the, your performance and just, hey, spur of the moment golf round, playing with Tara. Yeah. Got paired up with a couple of ni- nice guys. And we're just here to play.
1: I think this is actually the magic of uh, exec courses because I think the par at Westie is like 64 or something. So I'm not going to post it, right? I think because I'm not posting it, I put less weight on it.
0: Mm, and I,
1: I think there's less of a test. Because I'm not hitting the big dog a lot during the round, right? It's it's more par threes. Sure. I was genuinely really excited to play, get out early. When I don't normally play, I was really excited to play with Tara. No one really was out on the course. We had a good rhythm. But I will say this. We've heard this a million times. And I don't think it's very easy To have no expectations, especially if you've really been struggling or you're playing really well, right? That's very difficult to do. You can't just say, oh, I don't have any expectations today. You actually have to believe it and you have to feel it. But I think the four things we talked about, especially the first one, is a great way to get to less expectations. Because what is your goal for the day? Like my goal without even realizing it was kind of to be there for Tara. Like I was talking kind of through her game. We realized she only has 13 clubs in her bag.
0: Oh, come on. We got to figure out a big gap. What are we doing?
1: She has a huge gap from like 100. Wait
0: till she gets 14 clubs. Look, look out. She's going to be beating you again.
1: I know. So we were like talking through (laughs) uh, like wedge yardages. But also kept
0: kept you in a great state of mind.
1: I was helping her think through things because the funny thing about her right now is uh, she hits the ball good but she'll shoot like a hundred or in the nineties. And she's shot in the eighties many times with me before, but I realized like her only issue is she looks at the hole. She'll almost hit the hole. And I go, do you know, do you see how good you are at hitting your spot? You just have the wrong spot. So then we started to say, Hey, pick your spot on the front of the green because her, her pitches all roll out. Right. Right.
0: Let's think about distance control, right? I and so she it.
1: almost yeah. hits the pin and it rolls to the back or it rolls 30 feet away or it rolls off the green. Yeah. And it's not like she's even chunking it that often. Like she's got a decent motion. So
0: I was it's leaning probably, into it's her. It's probably helping you too.
1: Yeah. So it's like right? I'm getting out of my own. And this is like such a, this, I'm telling you guys, this is the greatest tool for life. If you are getting, Stuck, if you're feeling frustrated, if you're feeling agitated, if you're feeling stressed, I guarantee you 10 out of 10 times you're focused on you. The greatest way to stop and get out of the agitation, get out of the frustration is to focus on someone else and help someone else. And it's really hard to do when you're feeling sorry for yourself, but it's a great, it's the most selfish thing you can do is take care of someone else. And I did that. And that was kind of my way to stay out of expectations. And I knew I was playing good too. I'm not going to lie to you, sir. I had never shot even par for a full round. And as you know, the co-host of the par train, I've always dreamt of it. I've always known I can do it. I've always wanted to do it. I've always wanted to come on here and talk about it. And so towards the end, I definitely wanted to do it. I knew I was only one over
0: a natural thing.
1: Then I bogeyed 17. I three putted first three putt of the day. And then I birdied 18 to get to one over. And I was like, oh, if I didn't three putt 17, I could have shot even par. Not that it matters, but it's so funny how I, you know, it helps that I didn't really care about the score because I wasn't going to post it, but look at what that did for me. So I think that's a good reminder. Next time I play, when I start getting into expectations, I'm like, oh no, that doesn't serve me. That doesn't help me. How can I lean into someone in my group? How can I ask them things? Yeah. How can I lean into who they are? How can I, we talk about their shots, talk about the course, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, you were just, you were just kind of freed up, right? Zero expectations simplified everything for you. Yeah. You weren't obsessed with a result or playing a certain shot or a certain position or what my swing looks like, or, you know, It sounds like, you know, you, you hit the three putt on 17. That's when you really like. You're Probably thinking, thinking about, about
1: it, yeah. Bit,
0: right. Yeah. And then it's interesting, right? You three pot. Maybe you're thinking about it. Got a little tentative on one of your pots, or too aggressive.
1: I got too aggressive.
0: And then you're like, oh, it's too over. Then you get the last one, you burn it. Yeah,
1: isn't nothing. that funny? It's like,
0: oh, there's nothing to play for anymore. Right. Right. <laughs> and so, but I mean, I Ev, I mean, I think those are great five great keys. I mean, what an awesome round I got for you. You know, this was, uh, this is something we had to break down. You know, so bef- and, before, before we, we recap. Go,
1: before we recap the five keys let's talk quickly about how this past week i was in the sun a lot see my cheeks are a little uh, rosy but they would be a hell of a lot rosier if i didn't use the spf go stick from mores and alps i also had the face spray the new spf mist from Oars and alps and i used the spf 70 am i a grandpa for saying that and but why not fuck it I use the SPF 70 spray, antioxidant spray with vitamin C on my neck, my arms, and my legs. Don't forget the thighs. The
0: thighs, Dude, I'm, a really of the I'm a back in the hamstring. I'm a back in the hamstring guy. Like that's oh. where you yeah, gotta be careful with bad. all of it.
1: So reapply, doesn't have the harsh chemicals, orzonalps.com. Enter the code SPF train for 15% off. And then you had a bonus pro tip.
0: Yeah, which I'm also loving too is the um face wash stick. Right. So, I mean, we know the the stick is
1: nice. I used it it, when I showered at your place.
0: Yeah. I mean, obviously a whole full day of golf, sweating, putting sunscreen on reapplying all that stuff. And then coming home and, you know, I have nothing like you like better than a cold shower and falling asleep on the couch. Yeah, (laughs) But the charcoal face stick is awesome. because it's like really deep cleansing, like you've really got to wash your face too, or you could get out of the shower and it's still there. Because it's like really. Oh, so it charcoal. forces
1: you to scrub it good.
0: So, just another pro tip from Oars and Alps, our friends.
1: Well, that is a good thing. Like we talk about their sunscreen because it's so good, but I mean, if you're going to use the code, might as well throw in a deodorant, a face wash. I love their body wash. After I use it in your shower, I got their body wash too.
0: Oh yeah, got deodorant it's so good too. Yeah, I mean, it's they're the best.
1: Oarsandalps.com. Enter the code SPF train and hop aboard that Oars and Alps train. Okay. Let's recap the five things, and then I've got something I want to close with that I yep. want everybody to know. So number one, I was more invested in my playing partners than my own game. I call it the parent mentality. How would you act with the people in your group if you were their parent? Yep. Not in a descending or weird way, but just as like a mental trick. How would you talk to them? Yep. Um, it's a great way to like be really encouraging and get focused on what they're doing. Also, makes them feel good if you know where they are in the hole, you compliment them, et cetera. Two, I wasn't in my swing, but I wasn't necessarily not thinking about my swing. I was thinking about my swing in a more productive way, Yeah, right? More sensory driven things, things that I was, as a detective, realizing they were helping me hit better shots. So one motion, flow, right? Feeling like I was letting go through impact, not getting focused on a hit or manipulation. I was letting the club do the work. So I wasn't focused on my swing in a way that was... I think well, I liked what you called it checkpoints there were no checkpoints right i was swinging was no, to the finish line no every take time no
0: takeaway backswing downswing finish there was the just this is my golf swing
1: right it was yeah. one swing rhythm yep that goes into the number 3 tempo town now what did i say the three things that led to tempo it was the full motion what we just talked about so a singular motion it was a feel that allowed the club to do the work. So letting go through the ball. What was my third thing I said? Oh, club choice.
0: Yeah. Then that was part of your strategy all day. Yeah. yeah. You were taking a little more club and that was yeah. kind of really creating, especially on the second shots. So that's actually right.
1: an interesting yeah. tidbit. You we're can in the use club race. selection to promote tempo. 100%. Four. If I was in between clubs, I hit to the middle of the greens and I hit 16 greens. So that's an interesting twist too where I wasn't just blindly hitting the middle of the green. If I had a perfect yardage to the back flag and I knew that no matter how good I hit that club, it's not going to go over. I'd hit that club. Yeah. But if I wasn't 100% certain that this is the absolute perfect club, I would hit to the middle yardage.
0: What What I love about it, Ev, you were, you had a decisive plan. You're making good aggressive swings, but you are also mitigating risk. And that's yeah. what a lot of golf is. Yeah. So,
1: and five, zero expectations. I was focused more on other people. I was focused on enjoying the day, learning about people, spending time with my wife, enjoying the holiday. Not, wor- not worried about
0: your handicap, not worried about shooting a certain score at this course. Yep. Right?
1: Yep. And all of those things together, it wasn't just one, all of those things together produced great golf. Now here's what I want to finish with. I wrote this on the post, and I want to reiterate it because I think it's really important. I said, quote, if I can shoot one over, anyone can. Okay? Now, you might say, yeah, you're a seven handicap. I'm a 20. It's a little different. Yeah, but to that 20 handicap, do you know how many rounds in the 90s I've shot? Do you know how many drives I've topped in the last year? Do you know how many irons that I've hit 40 yards right and 30 yards short? A lot. Okay. Like I've been hitting it as bad as, as you can. I don't care what your handicap is. So quote, I've really struggled over the last one to two years. I got in my own way. I got two in my swing. I let bad results make me more attached to outcomes. And I associated golf with the fear of failure without even realizing it. It's just because I care. Yeah. But today was a magical day, not just because of the score, but because it shows this is important that anyone can get back on track if you focus on the right stuff. And what did, we just saw that with Ricky.
0: Yeah. Same thing. You focus on the right stuff, but you, re- you reflect on it like you did, bottle it, you lean on it cuz you're going to need it for your next round. Yeah. And by the way, so I don't we like talked a, about this on the phone. These are your mantras right now,
1: you know. Yeah, we talked about this on the phone, sir. I want to say it here. Even though I want to say, which is what I used to tell you a few years ago, even though I want to say I figured it out, (laughs) I got my swing forever feel. I figured the game out. I'm going to be scratched in six months. No way. Okay. I have more confidence in what I'm doing. I like the direction I'm going, but I have no expectations that this is a fix. It's just... Here's phase the
0: in you from a couple of years ago. I think a couple years ago would be like so, so invested in the score you shot. Like, yeah, look what I can be. But now you're actually invested in the five keys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and learning from that and how that's made you better in you know on that day and future days. That's that's the difference of and that's the direction you're gonna go.
1: So will it be more difficult the next round I play to have these five keys? Absolutely. Yeah, everything's
0: different. A lot I have different things to deal with, but
1: yeah, different things pop up. One I day want to write my, these down, Ev. Put yeah, on on scorecard, put
0: them on or put them somewhere in your cart or you know.
1: Yeah, a few hundred people saved the post on Instagram. Your, so your check card. our account.
0: I mean, this is the best you felt out there in a long time. Yeah. Keep them as re- these five, keep them as your reminders.
1: I also I leaned into what I'm naturally do. So, like the parent mentality, the coach mentality is who I am to a core. I like helping people. I like talking to people. I like unpacking things with people and I'm an athlete and I was in a way, this singular motion and letting go through the the hitting zone. Let me just kind of swing and get into a rhythm versus checkpoints, trying to hit certain things, trying not to hit certain things that gets in my way of being athletic So it's interesting when you unpack all these five things as a whole, what I'm really saying is I got back to me
0: Yeah, yeah, you're there for the right reasons.
1: So you got to like, really think about as someone that's listening of like, you know, what type of person are you? Do you like to plan? Do you like to take things more spontaneously? Like that's why mental golf type is so good because you can start to dig into like, all right, how am I wired? And then how can I play golf with how I'm wired?
0: Yeah. Well, I would, you know, I would challenge our listeners. It's so easy after a bad day to find the five bad things. Yeah. Well, after a good day or a solid day, find the five good things. So true. And and we need to do more of that. And so true. This is why this episode so great.
1: That is actually a great point. Is even though these five keys are like, oh yeah, these are great. I couldn't have gotten the five keys without the reflection.
0: Hundred percent. Like you need the reflection. Dive.
1: You need to understand what you did. And I would argue that's more important because that's the stuff that you're going to come back to when you're struggling. What do I do well? 100%. Well, this was great. Thank you for leading me through this. Thank you yep. guys for listening as always. If these five keys helped you in any way, do us a solid. Give us a review at Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Hop aboard our email list. It's going to be key for you to enter all of our giveaways. So enter the email list at thepartrain.com. Hop aboard our YouTube channel. We're doing more videos now at the par train. Some great content on YouTube. And uh, no matter if you're only hitting one out of the five keys or you're really starting off and you're you're hanging on to expectations or you're getting embarrassed when after a bad shot or you're rushing because you're not as good as someone you're playing with, what do they got to do?
0: Shoot one over and enjoy the ride.
1: Enjoy the ride, guys. Take care. Hey, guys. This is Evan. Real quick before you hop off the train, I got something for you. It's called the train of thought. It's our new email newsletter. Would you like to get one nugget insight or thought that we're pondering every week that could help keep you sharp and help your mental game? Go to thepartrain.com and subscribe to the Train of Thought newsletter today. It's really the best way to enjoy the ride. See you guys.